0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 100 of Generation GC, Once Upon a Time, The Battle of Life and Death, the intro track to The Chronicles of Life and Death, Good Charlotte's third album released in 2004. My guest today is Stephanie Doran once again, and as always, my name is Molly Huddleston. I'm your host, as well as the producer, creator, and editor of this podcast. Also, yeah, this is episode 100. That's, like, insane. Last time, we talked about Riot Girl from The Young and the Hopeless, and on our next episode, we'll be talking about a song from Good Morning Revival. Stephanie Doran is from the Detroit, Michigan area, and at the time of recording this episode over the summer, she was working for Live Nation in the box office at the Fillmore Detroit. Since then, she has actually moved to Los Angeles, and she's now working at venues over there. Stephanie has been listening to GC since 2002, 20 years now, that's awesome, and she started playing guitar because of Good Charlotte. Also, yeah, this is episode 100 again. I like can't believe that. It's such a milestone. And if you saw my announcement of this episode, you will see that I actually got to meet up with Stephanie when I was in Los Angeles for Thanksgiving. I had dinner with her and Alyssa Gardner, who was on the show in 2020. I'm talking about California and it was great. We had so much fun and I loved getting to hang out with them. If anyone listening is ever in the Philadelphia area on the East Coast, please reach out. Let's meet up. I would love to hang out, would love to meet everyone. Thank you for your continued listening to and support of Generation GC. I have a few more episodes recorded that I am hoping to release before the end of the year. For anyone that's been following any of my, you know, kind of health and personal updates, um, I'm still getting pretty regular migraines. They're pretty frequent. But I have just recently started on a preventative medication that should cut down, you know, just how frequent they are and how severe they are. And I do have a good treatment plan for when they do happen now. So I'm able to get back to my normal activities much sooner. It's been a really wild road these past few months, but all signs are pointing towards things evening out in time, um, which is really exciting. And, you know, as they even out means I will be able to hopefully get back to some kind of more regular schedule for this podcast and we'll kind of just figure out and see what that is. Thank you for listening to this incredible milestone episode, whether this is your first time listening to Generation GC or you've been with me since the very beginning, or if you're just checking out whatever episodes interest you as they come up. It's so exciting to me that I have been able to release 100 episodes of the podcast and that people are continuing to enjoy it. You know, I remember when I first did the very first episode on Little Things with Gina Catalano, I numbered the episode as 001, you know, figuring Good Charlotte has over 100 songs, or, or you know, that there would be well over 100 episodes that I wanted to do between songs and uh, different non-studio recordings and, and all the things I could do bonus episodes on. And here I am, we're at episode 100, and the first number of every episode is is always going to be a 1, or who knows, maybe I'll get to 200 someday, we'll see. Uh, It's pretty cool, I am so happy, I'm so proud of myself, and so thankful for everyone listening. A few reminders before we go into the episode. First, I love having guests from all around the world and from all different backgrounds on Generation GC. If English isn't your first language, that's okay. As long as you're comfortable holding a conversation in English, you're good to go. And different backgrounds doesn't just mean location or ethnicity. It means ensuring a varied gender and sexuality representation and representing fans of different ages and fans with their own unique life experiences of any sort. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, hey, I would love to come on Generation GC in 2023 reach out. I would love to have you. I would love to hear your story of how you connect with GC, what GC means to you. There's a lot of episodes left to do, so just get in touch. Finally, Generation GC stickers are here. All you've got to do to get a sticker is support the show on Anchor. Go to anchor.fm slash generationgcpod and click support. All of that money goes right back into making the show the best that it can be. It helps me print and ship the stickers, helps me get equipment that I need, such as a laptop riser, new headphones, and it also helps me with things like paying for Dropbox storage space and hard drives so I can make sure to have backups on backups of everything. So, if you do want a sticker, all you've got to do is support the show on Anchor, send me a screenshot of your support as well as your mailing address, and I'll send you stickers. You can reach me at Generation GC Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also email at Generation GC Pod at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and now on to episode 100! Okay, so. Once Upon a Time, The Battle of Life and Death is track one on Chronicles of Life and Death, Good Charlotte's third album released in 2004. Track two is the title track, The Chronicles of Life and Death. Um, this song serves as an intro or kind of overture to this album in a way, and it is in Japanese. Uh, it's not the only, I didn't even have it in the notes, but there is also a Japanese version of Predictable uh, in Existence, but... This is the only song on like the main version of the album that is not in English. Uh, it's not because she something like intro song, though. I do have the quote unquote English version lyrics below. Um, I'm not sure if there was actually like an English version of the song recorded or if this was the translation. The song was written by the credits I have are Benji Madden and Eric Valentine, but I've also heard that uh, Joel is credited to um vocals were michelle ito and Chicago hori i'm probably not pronouncing those entirely right so i apologize but uh michelle and Chicago were also credited with translating the album the lyrics it, i'm really curious how good Charlotte and eric valentine epic records connected with these two women um because I, I looked at some of their credits on Discogs and like none of them were artists that I was like, oh, oh yeah, well, it would make sense why they'd have a connection. Um, Michelle does not have any other vocal credits listed on Discogs. Her production credits include Steve Gadband and Steve Smith. Her management credits include Ken Hire, Lenny White, Tierney Sutton, Steve Gadband, and Simon Phillips. Hori's credits. Uh she has some vocal credits for Twiggy, and there was a come on kickoff boys slash girls band collection, instruments credit for Twiggy, other writing and arrangement credits included Twiggy and the Come On Kickoff Boys Girls Band collection. Once upon a time, the Battle of Death, the Battle of Life and Death was not a single. Setlist.fm doesn't show that it was ever performed live. And Stephanie, I don't know if you you know have any of these memories too um or if you can like back this up but first time i saw gc was may 2005 on the noise to the world tour and i remember them playing this song like kind of in the venue before they walked on stage as like their intro like like it played like the speakers of the venue um but they, i don't think they actually performed it i mean this is like it's like strings that's don't think they actually performed it live
1: yeah i think if i remember correctly it may have been the song that the recorded song that played right before they came on like you said Um, yeah
0: which didn't they do something like that for generation rx for that tour weren't they like playing the intro
1: they may have i honestly don't remember that Mm -hmm. one as well even though that was only a few years ago
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know that um, there were some like Young and the Hopeless era shows where they played A New Beginning, but that mm-hmm. had guitar parts where they could play this song. We'll get into it. It's, it's a little different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we have locked in a team, but Stephanie, I want to help our guests get to know you. So the first question I like to ask everyone is when did you first hear Good Charlotte and what were your first thoughts on that?
1: Um, I think the first time I heard Good Charlotte Ever was probably on Tilda Request Live. Um, I probably saw Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. That's the first time I remember. Um, and I just kind of remember liking the song and thinking it was cool. Um, I definitely... I remember some of my friends listening to them too, and it was just kind of this new exciting thing. I went to a school where like, it was a private school. So there uh, weren't a ton of kids. So we were all, we all kind of knew each other and it was, um, yeah, I just, I remember it being really fun.
0: Awesome. How, how old were you when you first heard GC?
1: I was in the eighth grade. So like 12 or 13.
0: Wow. Wow. So you're pretty young, but that's like about the age that a lot of us were when we were first getting into GC. 11 mm-hmm. 12 or 13. Yeah. Um, and the second question I like to ask everyone, and I think I know the answer to this one. I usually do. Um, have you ever seen good Charlotte live?
1: Yes. Yeah. I was there, um, the same day you were May uh, 13th, 2005. And that. that was the first time I saw them live. So Maybe. this was probably like the first song I kind of heard in a live setting, even though they weren't technically playing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I had like, well, I didn't, it was not May 3rd. Thir- I think it was May 25th, 2005 that I saw it in Philly. Was that the one you went to?
1: No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> it's I all was, good. It's all, I was all good. I think thinking, of. um, I, yes, it was the same tour, but a different show. I was in Detroit. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I think I had even like gone to the bathroom, like between Simple Planet and Good Charlotte, and this was like playing like all foreboding, like <laughs> coming back to find my dad and my friend. Um well, Stephanie, I know you are a big lover of live music. Uh, you currently work for Live Nation at the Fillmore Detroit in the box office. Um, mm. tell me what's like a typical day on the job like for you.
1: Um I love it. Um, in the box office. So when I work shows, I, um, I come in like an hour or two before doors open and uh, there's a few different positions there, but I love them all. Like last night I worked a show and I was able to we have like a table inside the venue. So you can, I, I like working that one because you can kind of be there. Um, you can, you can actually hear the music, um, but there's I like, I don't even mind scanning tickets, you know, being the first person that people see when they come in the door. Uh, people are all excited to go to the show and um, I love it. So yeah, you basically, I get to uh, be there when people come in, uh, show them where to go sometimes. Um, then you, I don't know, we kind of do a whole bunch of things we <laughs> work as a team. Um So I get to talk to people about their favorite bands, uh, the shows that they've been to sometimes like the, the buildings, you know, historical building in Detroit. So it's been there for almost a hundred years. So people will tell me about like, um, about shows that they went to, like when they were younger too. So it's, it's a lot of fun.
0: That's pretty cool. You know, I I just thought of this question because we have a Fillmore in Philly, and there's, I think there was one like San Francisco. There, there was one in New York, but that's now called Irving Plaza. Like, are all the Fillmore venues connected? I, I mean, I I know, I think they're all like Live Nation, but I don't know what makes it a Fillmore.
1: Yeah, or is that I'm, just
0: a brand?
1: Yeah, I'm still, um, I'm still learning a lot about the business side, sure, of it. Sure. <laughs> the, the high level stuff. Um, but yeah, I believe the first Fillmore was in San Francisco. That's from what I heard the original, but the building that I work in used to be called the state theater. So I think, um, when live nation bought it, uh, I'd have to double check the year to know exactly when that was, but it was shortly after, like I graduated from high school, I think, um, which was in 2007. So they, then it became the Fillmore. And, but, but I don't think not all Fillmores are technically Live Nation venues. So I don't know exactly how like <laughs> business side comes together.
0: Now I'd be curious. I think our, the Fillmore in Philly, I think it was like 2015 that it mm-hmm. opened and like we had it like, when it opened, it was the Fillmore, and then the Foundry was, like, this small upstairs room, like, a couple hundred people, and then the Fillmore is, like, 2,500, mm-hmm. and it was, like, a big thing when it opened, because it was, like, around the corner from the Barbary, which is, like, a small little venue, mm-hmm. and people were, like, well, well what's the Barbary going to do with, you know, the Fillmore, and then, really, the Foundry, like, the small room right there, Um, I don't know, Barbary has a lot of, like, emo nights and stuff now, so they're doing all right. Yes um, well, cool. Well, I would love to know what are some of the best shows you've had that you've gotten to work at the venue?
1: Hmm. That I've gotten to work, um, Bowling for Soup was just there with Les and Jake. Uh, I got to peek a little bit at that one. Um, I saw Marina, um, back in, I think it was March or April. That was really fun, obviously different, but very fun. Um, Jojo was there a few months ago.
0: Oh, cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's more, I'm just like trying a blank, but, sure. but, uh, yeah, there's been lots of good shows. I've been working there since January and I've seen like tons more shows this year than I've ever seen in my life. So
0: that's that's awesome. I think it was didn't we have a zoom like around then and you told us you had started the job or something. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, amazing. Well, I hear you also play guitar. Um, do you play acoustic electric? What's your vibe?
1: Um, I play both. I have mostly gotten out of the practice of playing guitar, but I kind of got back into it like in the last year. So I'm, like, I started playing probably when I started listening to Good Charlotte. And, uh, as,
0: I said a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <as> did I said
1: <laughs> <laughs> I. Yeah, so, yeah, I have an acoustic and an electric. I bought a bass last year, too, so I'm just trying to learn a whole bunch of new stuff. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Are you, are you jamming GC? Like, what kind of stuff are you jamming?
1: Um, I do sometimes, yeah. I think I... Well, so I, when I got my bass last year, I did hunt down some like, like little things, bass tabs and, uh,
0: let me go be the other one yeah. I for bass for sure. Right. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, and definitely when I first started playing guitar, I learned a bunch of good Charlotte songs. Um, and I actually, I remember my, like my teacher that I had when I took lessons, uh, wasn't like the biggest good Charlotte fan, but, but there were definitely some songs from this same album from the, from the Chronicles of Life and Death that he liked, especially after hearing Young and the Hopeless, like I could definitely tell, even as, you know, a novice musician, like myself, um, I could tell he was like impressed by Chronicles. Yeah.
0: Yeah, what I'm I'm curious because I, I had also taken guitar lessons for a bit. Um and like I honestly like part of the reason I found it hard to stick with was like my teacher was not teaching me stuff that I was interested in. He was teaching me stuff that like I like I didn't even know most of these songs. What yeah. what kind of I mean outside of you know chronicles, what kind of stuff does your teacher listen to? Is your teacher trying to show you?
1: Um, he loved the Grateful Dead. Um okay, but He okay. didn't make me li- play the Grateful Dead. <laughs> um, I, just remember, I just remember the posters. Um, but he, uh, I mean, he, he was pretty well-rounded, I think. He, I remember uh, he had some of those, I don't remember what they're called, like the title, but I see them whenever I go into like music stores. Um, they're like really th- thick books of like, um, of guitar tabs and they'll have like a ton of top 40 from the last, you know, okay, like 50 years or something. Like, um, so he had a couple of those and I would pick out of those. I would play like Oasis, Foo Fighters. Um, there were definitely some songs that I'd never really heard of, but, but I feel like there was a good mix of him, like trying to sh- like, show me things that like I needed to know even though it wasn't my favorite so, like thing. learn the
0: techniques.
1: Right. And plus I was yeah. just I was a 13 year old. So like my taste in music was not very wide. Like you know I'd only heard <laughs> so much. Um right. so there's like there's wait you mean like,
0: there's other bands besides good Charlotte?
1: What? No way. <laughs> um so there's it's important to branch out and try new things obviously and I think I think it was it was pretty good. I um I only ever remember really like one song that he wanted me to play and that I ended up like like within a week or two I I think he just could tell that I just really didn't like it and Hmm. he let me he was just like never mind we'll just like move on there you go yeah
0: very nice well Stephanie I've Love hearing all about your uh, experience playing guitar, learning lots of different techniques and styles. Um, we talked about that for a while, but I really want to dive into Once Upon a Time, Battle of Life and Death. Um, we had connected a while ago, I think I think on Twitter we first connected, like I want to say it might have even been end of last year, or if not before that. Um, what sticks out to you about Once Upon a Time, the Battle of Life and Death?
1: Um, I love this song because of the strings. Um, I love it because it's, because I love this album and because it really, I was thinking about it yesterday. I listened to, I tried to listen to the whole album uh, yesterday a couple of times just to refresh my memory. And it just, um, it's such a good like package. Like it's such a, it's almost like, I don't think it's technically concept album, but it's, like, such it a... kind of is. It's such a, a compact thing. I don't know. How to it's its own, like, world. Um, and I love that the beginning of it meshes up with the end of it, you know, the, like, mm-hmm. uh, musically and lyrically. Um, I love the, like, full circle concept of it.
0: Yeah. You know, you're wearing a Green Day shirt, which makes me think of obviously American Idiot, which came out, I think, right around the same time that this this did. And that was very clearly a concept album. Like there is, you know, a character, a story, a thing. And this yeah. was like a little looser in concept. Like I, I didn't really mm-hmm. perceive a story, but there was definitely like a concept, like a theme, which is life and death
1: yeah and
0: you know there's i should have pulled some of these quotes for this because it would be relevant but like i remember an interview this was done like years later years after the album had come out where joel talked about how it was like yeah life and death but also kind of like life and death in the music industry and Mm -hmm. just the absolute grind they were under to produced this album after, like, intense touring from The Young and the Hopeless. Like, that just blew up.
1: Yeah. And intense
0: touring. And they put this out, like, and I I even, I remember, I think, I wish I had this quote. Because I know, like, I know, because I I, I had, like, cited this in another episode. But I remember from even saying that, like, the label wanted them to do something, like, poppier and lighter for this album. And they didn't.
1: I can only imagine, I mean, it just makes sense that after the young and the hopeless blew up, like that would just make you start thinking about all these concepts and how like, this is what I wanted, but like, what, like, oh my God, this is what I wanted. (laughs) Like, um, just that if like, when you get somewhere, when you arrive somewhere that, that means like, you have to go like what's next and all the things that like weird feelings that that must bring up yeah especially so quickly when you don't really have any time to process
0: right it was like crazy touring and then pretty much going right to make song,
1: just mm-hmm.
0: pretty insane um let's let's zero in on this song once upon a time the battle of life and death um what do you think this song is about what are they trying to say with this song specifically?
1: Uh, with the lyrics? Um, I was thinking about this yesterday, and I actually, it's kind of funny, like, I took in college, like, one semester of Japanese. Okay. But I don't remember any of it, and I, <laughs> like, I literally failed, so.
0: <laughs> I wanted uh. to learn Japanese, because I wanted to, because, like, you know, Benji spoke Japanese, and was in Japanese, whatever, but my uh, high school and college did not offer it.
1: Uh, yeah, I was... I mean, I, I kicked myself because I, I just, it was a semester. I just took on like too much and too many language classes. And I, sure. I should have like done something different, but you know, whatever live and learn, I guess. Um, I was looking up that word vampire, like, because I was like, that's really interesting. I wonder if like in translation, how that like if it might have got like mixed up in
0: translation
1: yeah i mean not necessarily like mixed up because the concept is probably the same but it's just i've never thought of a japanese vampire so like it must culturally like it would be interesting to hear somebody who actually knows about japanese culture talk about it but um but i think the lyrics are like super straightforward but they really lay out like the whole Album in like this really simple beautiful way.
0: Yeah, like life and death are like an eternal cycle. That's what I re- wrote down. I I just had a thought as you're talking about vampires, like in a way. And to be honest, like the lyrics for this song are, yes, they're in Japanese, but translated into English, they're incredibly simple. Um, mm-hmm. so we're probably like reading way more into this than even was put into this um vampires like live forever but it's like a half life like i don't know if you read twilight but like Mm -hmm. um edward you know bella would say i guess twilight spoilers for anyone who hasn't read it in the year 2022 but like plans to read it right um You know, maybe skip ahead a few minutes, but like Bella wants to, wants Edward to make her a vampire. Edward doesn't because he's essentially like, I don't want to, I don't want to doom you to this like cursed half-life that you just like, can't, can't really ever escape. So it's like the the vampire lives forever, but is it really life? That's like, I guess you could say kind of symbolic (laughs) of you know, life and death and this, I don't know. Well, what, why
1: is it a, why is it a a, a battle? Uh, yeah, I think that's a good question. I mean, I kind of remember this just makes me think of, um, remember when they would post blogs on the website. I remember Benji talking about Anne Rice. And so when I hear this now, I kind of associate it with Anne Rice a little bit, (laughs) just, like randomly. Um, so yeah, there's, and I did not, I mean, I haven't read most of the Anne Rice books, but, um, I, I do remember a lot about being a vampire being like really shitty. i <laughs> <Them laughs> talking about, you know, those are really, really big books where you, I'm trying to think of some... I didn't look this up before the show, so I don't know. Um, like... I think it has something to do with the... Like... Like... Um, like. I looked up the Japanese version of Vampire and it said... Translated, like, one suggestion was, like, bloodsucker or something like that. Hmm. Um, And I'm wondering... It makes me think of like feeding energy off of other people too yeah you know well, what people, i mean like kind of feeling like drained
0: i mean and there's a the term energy vampire or mm-hmm. whatever emotional vampire for someone who just like sucks all the positive emotion out
1: of the yeah. situation
0: yeah or or you know that your your job could be like a vampire and suck everything out of you
1: yeah so it's like there's this maybe if it was a concept album that would be like the villain
0: yeah Um, but vampires don't really appear anywhere else on the album do they
1: no but there are like um like when i looked up uh let's see in popular folklore an undead being in human form yeah it's i think it's just translating like vampire and the second definition was a person such as an extortionist who takes advantage of others for personal gain and I was like okay well that kind of sounds like the um in this world like some of the yeah in there. sure
0: okay so that's, it's that's a different a kind wonder, of yeah.
1: vampire but it's sort of the same concept
0: yeah I like that a lot I think yeah I like that a lot one thing I want to mention just specifically about the song I want to get into kind of like arrangement of the song and, and genre a little bit like potter on that um I had to listen to this a few times. So there's like a beep of a heart rate monitor
1: mm-hmm.
0: that so I've been listening to it on Spotify and it might I feel like the like split between the tracks might have been a little different on CD but I I don't even know because it's been a long time since I've listened to it on CD because I haven't had a CD player in so <laughs> many years. Um but there's a beep that sounds like a heart rate monitor at like the very end of this song that goes into the beginning of the title track yes it's just kind of it's very symbolic um i love
1: it and i'm kind of
0: surprised they didn't bring that back at the very end of the album yeah that would be like at the end of wounded or something that would be pretty cool
1: yeah that would be, I love the, um, that is one kind of thing that I kind of miss about CDs is like, I guess you still get them with albums, but like when I'm listening to Spotify or whatever is the like, I can still, I don't mean, I know it wasn't just Good Charlotte that did this. That was a pretty popular thing that for the song to kind of bleed into the next track. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, because uh, Charlotte did that a lot though, even on their self-titled album. I remember some of this stuff yeah and laughing
0: young and the hopeless too like mm-hmm. i i don't know i i think there's something so important to be said about like the order order of an album and like what can really come from listening to an album in order like start to finish mm-hmm. just gives i feel like it gives context um And I'm sure there are people nowadays who just honestly don't pay as much attention to that because a lot of people just don't do that anymore, Mm -hmm. which I, I understand, you know, Um, I often like to, especially if I'm like, like if I'm listening to an album, like to kind of get ready for an episode of this podcast, I'll usually listen to it in order. But if I'm just listening to something that I like, I might just throw it on shuffle, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's, I agree. I mean, it, there are some, <clears throat> it's definitely all about the songs you now, separately, I think for a yeah. lot of bands and in, in the industry in general, I guess. But um, but there's definitely something to be said about listening to. I, and it, most of the artists that I listen to talk about it that way, like when they're creating the music, like mm. it's supposed to be this way, but there's pushback from, you know, like labels, radio stations, I guess. Yeah. Everyone else. I don't know. It's like one of those, I wonder if it's one of those cultural things where we like talk about it this way, but like really people want it um simple. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I feel like there's arguments for, you know, making an album that like tells a story from start to finish. And there's also arguments for making an album and placing like you know, your two or three best songs at the beginning, and then but also putting, like, a banger at the end so people listen through and get to the banger. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of this song specifically, though, like, what, I mean, we both talked, you talked about a lot of strings. What genre would you put on this song?
1: I... I think I think I would agree something like goth would work for it, especially yeah. when I think about the other um, songs that were popular in some of the other bands and things that were popular at the time. I think it fits really well. Um, I, that's, I guess that's what I would say. And I don't really, I don't know how else to explain it other than it's just, it's strings, it's like, then loud guitars and um that just seems to be the best fit for me yeah i
0: like i like goth but like specifically more than anything like this to me sounds like a movie score like Mm -hmm. a new beginning sort of did definitely like somewhat but then it kind of turns into this like punk rock jam this to me, like start to finish, sounds like a Tim Burton movie score, you know, done by Danny Elfman. Which, um, as we talked about on the episode about a new beginning, a new beginning was like directly inspired by Danny Elfman's scores, um, and I imagine this was too. Um, and when we when we get into some of the like fan comments and a bit uh people had a lot of really fun comparisons like what they think what movies and and such that this makes them think of so i'm really excited to get into that
1: yeah that makes sense i i definitely agree i think i mean a lot of the album sounds a lot like a movie like when i thought about like i was trying to think of um like tag words i guess if i was going to describe the song yesterday and i was thinking and like the words that i was using sounded like a movie like I was, like, moody, um, what other word, um, brooding, like, brooding, that's good, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: um, like a, you know, dark drama.
0: (laughs) I, I kept coming up with foreboding, that's the Mm -hmm. word, foreboding and eerie, but those were kind of the big ones for me.
1: Those are good, yeah, yeah, those work a lot too.
0: Thanks. Um, Let's get into the lyrics. So I am not going to attempt to read the Japanese lyrics because I know I'm not going to get the pronunciation correct. Um, I have the English version lyrics per Genius.com and then I also translated the lyrics like the Japanese kanji, the Japanese characters to English on Google Translate. Um, They're honestly pretty similar. So, but you know, at first I was like, let's do this because, oh, well, who knows how accurate their trans- translation was? Mm-hmm. Well, they had who I believe based on names, although I don't know for sure, but the names sound Japanese, had two Japanese speakers working to translate the song. Again, I, I don't know for if the these ones need Japanese, but I'm making an assumption based on, you know, names that, uh, same japanese i'm guessing they're you know pretty native speakers um so the english lyrics on genius.com say life 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 death 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 life 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 death 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 life and death to be born is to die life and death to be born is to die the vampire lives eternally for it was promised so life and death to be born is to die life and death to be born is to die eternal death Life and death. Death is beautiful. Beautiful. Life and death. Death is beautiful. Beautiful. Life and death. Life is beautiful. Beautiful. The vampire lives eternally for it was promised so. Okay, and then Google translate. Uh, translate the Japanese characters to English. Life, life, life. Die, die, die. Life, life, life. Die, 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 die. Birth and death, birth and death, birth and death, birth and death. Vampire's promise to live forever um so the the only change i'm not gonna even go through the whole thing the only difference it seems is some of the verb forms like death versus die birth versus life or to be born and that kind of stuff very easily can get kind of lost in translation on google translate just from Mm -hmm. different like different languages have different uh oh my god why can't like syntax right syntax Mm -hmm. and verb forms and Some languages just do not have certain verb forms that we may have in English. Um, So the translation looks pretty good (laughs) from my, you know, basic Google translate check. Um, Although I don't know if they ever like officially released English lyrics to this.
1: I don't think so. I had something like this genius, uh, this genius translation that you have, I'm pretty sure I had that like printed out on my wall at some point.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So
1: I so it must've been pretty easy to find, or we were both on the same message board to posted it. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, but I really think it's interesting. I had seen that first one, but I hadn't seen, I mean, obviously you did this yourself, so that's why right. I didn't see it. Somewhere, but, um, but the, the verb, uh, I don't know if it conjugation, I guess. Yes, um, conjugation,
0: that's the word. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's been a while since I took a language class. <laughs> yeah,
1: but it does really change the perspective. I mean, it's obviously you're right, it is a good translation. Like it's the same, it's the same thing, but the idea, but the it like does birth as things. an
0: event versus has, life as a experience. Death as an exactly. event versus an experience. Yeah.
1: Right. Or in, Definitely reading more interest than than
0: they
1: would. Um, as like some like an actionable thing, though, right? Right,
0: right, like an action, an event, something that
1: you're actually doing, as opposed to something that you talk about. Right. Interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: It does change it.
0: Yeah. Um, in terms of backstory for this song, I didn't really find much. Um a few commenters mentioned some things that they knew or they read in interviews. So we will get, read those. Um, but that's, you know, not like firsthand I'm taking all of those facts with like a big grain of salt. Um, Stephanie, do you have like any other memories or stories that you want to share about once upon a time, the battle of life and death?
1: Um, No, I don't think so. No, that's pretty much it.
0: Cool. I uh, I just remember this song and also the predictable Japanese version and just seeing how much they, you know, toward Japan making me want to learn Japanese, <laughs> which I never made any actual moves on. Um, you mentioned this song made you think of In This World, uh, Murder, um, any other songs that come up when you think of like what this might relate to? I mean, basically this whole album is one, but I don't know. I need some like any other albums that come to mind for you.
1: Any other albums that any really other like
0: songs from other GC albums that either have a oh. similar vibe or similar themes to this that you can think of?
1: Um, you know, I was thinking yesterday and again, about the lyrics and uh, the vampire thing, kind of made me think of some of the Gen or Generation RX, uh, like Shadow Boxer. And there's some I don't know. demon, you know. References. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: Like the demon is the vampire. Like you're mm. battling. Okay, I like that. That's a good. Yeah. I like that. And a lot of uh, a lot of people, myself included, kind of. Flashback to this album when talking about Gen Rx because mm-hmm. there's you know strings and stuff. Um, well, I want to get into some responses to this album. I will say a lot of critics either didn't didn't have much to say about this song. A lot of critics just didn't mention this song at all. Which, in my personal opinion, it is a big mm-hmm. mistake not to mention an intro because if a band puts an intro on an album, there's like a reason yeah Um, but i'm i'm not every critic every critic has their own opinion um and of the people who did mention this song a lot of them just you know said orchestral or japanese intro without much else um the the first we we do have a few reviews to you though the first is from ign um and it this whole review I'll, i'll probably skip around a bit but the whole review is just something else so i gotta read give some context it very much seems to be written by someone with like a mission to describe just how bad it is. Um, but even a little bit getting away from the music itself to like, this is bad, I just need to say it's bad. Um, it, it's yeah, well, I'll read it in a second, but I have to say the subheader of this review is Good Charlotte Bad Album, which is, um, honestly, that's. Pretty good. I like that better than Bad Charlotte, which we've heard on multiple reviews over the years. Mm -hmm. There are many music fans out there, however, who approach every new band with the mindset that it could quickly become a favorite. It was with this sense of hope that I eagerly slid Chronicles into my stereo and hit play. Forty minutes later, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. I only knew what to say. A group of people armed with a pen and a few instruments would have to try, actually try, to create something this unapologetically bad. I said that to anyone who would listen, then I drove a sledgehammer through my stereo and slept for two days. Where do I begin? How about the beginning, which kicks off with Once Upon a Time, The Bottle of Life and Tough, an instrumental track overlaid by sinister chanting vocals. The first-time listener is liable to believe, judging from the goth-like nature of this piece alone, that he or she just stepped on board the heart-pounding, soul-stabbing, eye-gouging, freezing black grip of Death Train. This is actually either a poorly planned bait-and-switch tactic or the buildup from a monumental punchline. As soon as the creepy chanting dies down, good Charlotte launches into a pop-soaked carnival that makes simple plan sound like white zombie. The transition from the first track to the second will make you bust out laughing. Not a good sign, then you'll realize that you're $15 in the red and the laughing will stop.
1: $15 in the red, that's cute. Yeah.
0: I don't know, Wait. We're both like making faces. This is like every once in a while. I'm like, I wish (laughs) we, I should just do video episodes because Stephanie and I are both like making faces as I've been reading this.
1: Um. Yeah, that's interesting. I I remember. I mean, I think a lot of people just have their own opinions before they even listen to it, and they say that they listen to it with an open mind. But we all know there's no such thing as objectivity. So yeah um
0: i get the vibe of this person like listened to it once and then was like this is bad let me like go on a tirade yeah. about how bad it is
1: yeah
0: um the next review we'll read is from space city rock that and they had some criticisms about how they approached death and i actually thought this was a pretty well thought out review i don't know if i like agree with it entirely but i actually thought this was like has some good stuff to say with their latest, I'm going to skip around, a, I might skip around a bit because it's also pretty long. With their latest album, The Chronicles of Life and Death, teen hero Pop Punkers Good Charlotte have jumped feet first into the realm of a concept album. At first glance, they may not seem like the likeliest candidates for deep, album length ruminations of life, suffering, loss, death, and love. But really, if you think about it, what the hell else is teenage poetry written about? From that standpoint, Chronicles makes perfect sense. And sure enough, the majority of the songs are bleak, desperate, and melancholy, even when the music's cheery. Uh, charlatiers, Joel and Benji Madden, Paul Thomas, Billy Martin, and Chris Wilson may well have succeeded in capturing the essence of the stereotypical, angst-ridden, depressive teenager right down to the cartoonish graphics of the album cover. That very teenagerness, however, can work against the album if, say, you happen to be listening as an adult. What sounds deep and meaningful when you're 15 and probably haven't experienced much in the way of real loss tends to sound pretty ridiculous when you're 32, like me. For all they're singing about life and death, the Maddens and company don't ever really capture the essence of what it's like to cope with death or confront your own mortality. And that's not too surprising because it's damn hard to do. I've only encountered a few songs in my musical life that really, truly grasp the despair and helplessness of death. Peter Gabriel's No Way Out is the only one that comes to mind right now. So unfortunately, there's a cartoonish niche to the actual songs on Chronicle, as well as the artwork. This is no philosophical treatise, how could it be, but rather an epic life versus death struggle as viewed through the eyes of the PlayStation generation. Heck, the intro track to the album, Once Upon a Time, The Battle of Life and Death, even starts off anime style with a delicately plucked guitar and chant singing in what sounds like Japanese.
1: Well, it is in fact Japanese. Yeah, right. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Um uh yeah i mean that is a lot more well thought out yeah i am also 32
0: (laughs) yeah Um, i'm i will be 31 in nine days i had to just like turn and look at my calendar and like count um but like you were you know i was 13 when this album came out you probably would have been 14 15 you know so i i do like as i was reading this i do think like what if we were this age when we heard this for the first time? What, yeah. what our experience of it have been?
1: Yeah, um, and I don't know. I mean, I think I, I, I think I still love pop music, <laughs> and I think sometimes that's what people get a little like um, put off by. Mm. is that good charlotte's like they talk about these serious things but it's pop music unapologetically so um i don't know if
0: the the comments from the beginning of like we want to be like minor threat mixed with the backstreet boys like we want to be really big and famous yeah
1: yeah so i think a lot of people are just kind of put off by the juxtaposition of Mm. you know classical or not classical, but um, instrumental music, or that's not the word, orchestral music uh, with, <clears throat> with a pop punk um, chorus or whatever. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I do in some ways I mean, Benji and Joel were what, like 25 when they made this album? Yes.
0: Right? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Right? They would have been 25 when it came out. So, so they weren't
1: even 32, which I guess is the right. wise old age of the <laughs> whatever. <Yeah. laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I mean, I'll probably. I wish people they...
0: could see me like rolling my eyes right now. Like, oh, yeah, he's 32 years. <laughs> so what?
1: I'm just, I mean, I'm like, I said, I'm 32. I'm sure in another 30 years, like, I would, I'll listen to this again and it'll mean something different to me but i don't think it takes away from the the, the topic at hand which is mm. that we're all just trying to figure out how to make it through yeah. the world and live with the fact that we you know we're going to die one day and it's hard to uh hard to accept
0: <laughs> yeah and without, I, I, I want to, you know, stop and, and make sure we don't psychoanalyze this too much. But, you know, reading this, especially reading it again, I'm like, I almost wonder if the person who wrote this review had, like, recently suffered a loss or a near-death experience or, or something. And yeah. who knows? Who knows? We okay. we have no way of knowing. Um, I want to read some fan comments from, there was a fan upload by Good Charlotte Song on youtube so we'll read some youtube comments feldy arts said i was a weird kid believing that this song could drive away the clouds in a rainstorm maybe every time i listen to this i just simply have the perfect timing rediscovering this album brought me back quite a bit damn i feel old Hmm. deadly artifact said the second half just blew my mind hearing that sound is so nostalgic gotta love it vampire seven two three four fives <laughs> my gym class played music really loudly when i was younger and they played this song when it got to the louder part all of the girls ran and hid behind a door except for me and my friend who stood there laughing <laughs> um this is a good one and remember this this comment i i don't i wish i had written down when this was but this was like many many years ago kathy 32 said awesome Love this song. I love the lyric about the vampire. Reminds me of a book, Twilight by Stephanie Meyer.
1: That's fair. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, FL said, best thing they have ever made, beautiful and epic. Uh Kishin 19 said, I still remember all of the Japanese, despite not having heard this song in over five years. Thumbs up for great music that brings back your childhood. Shelnick said, I don't know why, but always reminded me of Harry Potter. Someone else mentioned specifically like the Harry Potter games music, Mm -hmm. which I never played the video games, um, but I I believe it. I could see this as like a Harry Potter vibe too, like Forbidden Forest or something. Mm -hmm. Um, C. Huggins said, I remember being a child, like maybe five and loving this song. I didn't know what it was called it just made me think of the boat in charlie and the chocolate factory oh oh you, have, you've seen that have you seen the gene wilder version yes, yes. yeah like the creepy creepy boat ride mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. i i like this um of course my sister and i called it the oompa limpa song. but yeah I was a weird kid like why did i like this it's still great but why unfeeling ghost said with the global pandemic this song is even more relevant than before facts um tasa kutia i don't think i pronounced that right said it always reminded me of Coraline, which i haven't seen but i mean that's tim burton so not yeah, sure. it's
1: not sure oh, that's fair
0: yeah domestic cat said so gc made an album about life and death in 2004 and the first song is in japanese in other words, they predicted MCR's next two albums. You know, okay. very early on, I think this was episode 10, I had my friend Joel Funk on the show to talk about My Bloody Valentine, and he had this specific theory that, like, that song specifically, like, kind of paved the way for bands like My Chem to be really main- mainstream. Um, okay. And then this album and everything, but...
1: Yeah, I just looked up, technically, Twilight, the Twilight books came out in 2005, so.
0: Okay, so <laughs> shortly after, yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it's around then, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember reading some uh, vampire books before Twilight, and right. so, I mean, it was, even the, the Twilight books obviously were the most popular of the genre, but I think it started before Twilight. Um Yeah the popularity of vampires but um yeah I think that there was a lot going on that would like in the arts and in pop culture that this really this album and including the intro track really um like I was thinking about some of the songs like bands like I remember AFI being on MTV a lot then and a lot of their uh, popular songs uh, there was like a band called him, I think.
0: Yes. With this, yes. With hand. like the pentagram yeah. logo. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, and what else did this remind me of? Um, I thought about my come to and yeah, the, I mean, really before that, I mean, maybe it's just cause I was young. I don't remember a lot of that.
0: Right. When absolutely. you're young, you're just not very in- tuned to everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I
0: I think Twilight was like arguably the biggest vampire series of like our adolescence.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway,
0: um, two more comments from YouTube uh, that mentioned this song should be in a Final Fantasy game. That was Jason Ottilie and then Carol. HIPAA said, I want this song playing at the background when Gran Turismo announces Porsches. I want to read some comments from Mm songmeetings.com. There was a lot of debate. And and the comments section is so nostalgic, always going into comments on songmeetings.com because there is often a lot of debate. And there was a lot of debate for this song specifically centering around whether it was in Latin or Japanese.
1: I remember that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and there was mixed opinions about this song in general. I'm not sure said, who boy, since when did these new age monkeys up and decide that they were timber in? This is an embarrassment to music as a whole. Good Charlotte punk 27 said, I thought it was Japanese too, but the song rocks, I was always wondering what they were saying. And by the way, Tim Burton rocks, so does Could Charlotte. Um, Claire Patra said, vampires live forever. Well, isn't that a great thing to be singing about? Not honestly, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> um, I love Maroon 5 said, I love this song, it sounds cool, I like the singing, but it is a music that I really love. I really like the first song on their second CD too. Good Charlotte Rocks. Um, Yumeko said, first off, even if you don't know what Japanese sounds like, this is clearly not Latin. LOL. I don't know. I don't speak Latin. I've I've never heard anybody speak Latin. So I, I wouldn't know what Latin sounds like. Um
1: I mean, it's probably just, it's a more popular, like again, when you, when you hear, um, when you hear something that sounds kind of goth, you like, at least in America anyway, today you kind of associate, or you're going to like look for Latin because it's a popular like thing to associate. Right. But I think when I first heard it, like when it first came out, I, I was in high school and I was taking French, so I heard French, Say. but okay, okay. But once I actually listened to it a little better, I was like, okay, that doesn't sound like anything that I've ever heard in French. So it's probably not French.
0: Maybe people were just <clears> taking <throat> Latin.
1: We just kind of hear what we're familiar with and we don't hear a lot of,
0: yeah.
1: Chinese, especially as teenagers. And-
0: exactly. Um Yumeko went on to say, this track is good. I have more respect for Good Charlotte after hearing this track and I can't stop listening to it. Um, Yeah. Broken said, bloody weird song, but Japanese is cool. Killing Spree said, WTF, they made a song by having 10 different words repeated over and over and including about vampires. Um, GC is so cool. He said, well, it's not the vampire lives eternally, it was promised. It was the vampire, you comma, you live, comma, eternally, comma. It is beautiful. This song was written by Benji and Joel, who know quite some bit of Japanese. And here's a quote from Billy Martin. Some of the stuff they're saying in this song is just funny things Benji and Joel made up and had translated into Japanese pretty well. He's been studying for a couple of years. So they are saying first comes life, then comes death, and then there's some stuff about vampires. None of it makes sense. So I have no idea. The source of this quote, or if this quote is real at all, none because I, I like, I don't know where this came from. Um, it could have been a TV interview, it could have been something from my like, I don't know the source, I have no idea if this is real. real. It is, th- but this is some possible context to the background of this song,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I thought that as well honestly I, I think ever since I was in high school and I was reading some biography of a songwriter and they talked about how things were mm-hmm. random I always wonder that when I'm listening to a song if how how like purposeful the the um how much purpose the writer was right like putting into it but I don't think it's completely random I mean maybe it it doesn't sound, like, based on the context of the, regu- the rest of the album, it, I don't think it's, I mean, it's simple, but it's not, like, life, random. Life, death, <laughs> yeah.
0: life, death, right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, it's not like they were just, like, oh, let's put some Japanese words in the song, like.
0: Right, and it's not even, like, you know, lots of, like, poetry and prose in Japanese. It's, like, basically, a, like, two sentences. Mm-hmm.
1: Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah.
0: Um, we'll read a few more comments and then we'll wrap things up. Um, Zombie Queen said, am I the only person that thinks of the movie The Corpse Bride when I hear this? BTW, that's not a bad thing, lol. I haven't seen Corpse Bride, but another Tim Burton, so. And Corpse Bride, Corpse Bride and Coraline were actually both mentioned multiple times across comment sections. Mm-hmm. Crispy 002 said, well, anyway, this song set the wonderful scene for the album. I always picture a spirit being laid into the cells, forming a newborn in the womb, and a fierce battle between life and death as to whether or not it makes it. Life obviously triumphs in the end, seeing as the monitor can be heard detecting a heartbeat, but it seems like life only just made it. Then the whole album is about someone's life in general, and the last song is like the reversal of this one, concluding this person's life and maybe them stepping into the light or something dramatic. I'm curious what they mean by the last song of the album. Because there's, I guess, like, is do they mean wounded? Do they mean in this world murder? Do they mean falling away or meet my maker?
1: I feel like they probably mean in this world, but that's just my opinion. I would think of that as the last song and then the rest of them as bonus tracks. Mm. But, um... I mean, obviously. When I hear
0: like stepping into the light, I mean, meet my maker.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, you're right. You're right. That makes sense.
0: But then wounded follows that. So I don't know.
1: But wounded, I mean, was more of a hidden track. So I guess I could see meet my maker. Maybe they are talking about that one.
0: Yeah. I guess. I
1: don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, there's—I don't know. This has been a fun discussion, Stephanie. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, how has "Once Upon a Time" the Battle of Life and Death held up for you over time?
1: Um, I think that how has it held up? I mean. I when I listen to it, I have it. There's a lot of nostalgia, like some of the commenters said. Um, I mean, I still like to listen to it. I think it's a really good arrangement. Um, I don't listen to like a lot of orchestral music, but I do listen to some, and I, um, I enjoy listening to it. I, yeah, I don't. I mean, I like I said at the beginning. I really love the the whole album, and I love how conceptual the, um, the first track, and then how it connects to In This World, like, sonically. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is great. I, I love specifically that you mentioned the connection to In This World, um, and I want to go back and, like, listen to the album with that in mind, um, I'm excited to do that. I was just thinking as you were talking about orchestral music, uh, I wish we could have Ashley Godfrey on to just chat a little bit about the strings because she's been playing violin for like 20 years. Um, and I'm sure she would, uh, have something to say about this. So anyway, Ashley Godfrey, if you're listening, hello, how are you? Um, Stephanie, what has Good Charlotte meant to you over the years and how has that changed?
1: Um, <clears throat> let's see. I mean, I think when I first heard them, like I said, at the beginning, I, like I said, it was popular. Um, like they were on TRL and it, my age, everything just kind of made sense. But then as things like changed and I got older, um, starting high school and, doing a lot of things that they talked about in the music, um, and learning about new music, it really all just kind of stemmed from Good Charlotte. So like most of the, like a lot of the bands that I listened to, um, were recommended or had worked with Good Charlotte or something. Um, there are a lot of, even things that like, I wouldn't have expected to connect back to good charlotte ended up connecting back to good charlotte in some what do you mean um like trying to think of a good example like i might have heard about something from a friend and then heard like joel tweet about or not heard but saw joel tweet about it or something and i'm like oh okay so there's there's like a connection so like um And then they just got me, it, it's like a, I don't know, like an anchor of my passion for music. So
0: I love that's an anchor for your passion for music. That is such a great way to put it. I love that. Thanks. Welcome. Stephanie, do you have any last words about Once Upon a Time about Good Charlotte or about yourself?
1: Um, any other what?
0: Any last words, anything else you want to make sure you uh, add in here? Oh,
1: um, no, I just, I'm really happy to be here. I was ex- really excited you asked me to to be on here for this song and um, in the 100th episode, so.
0: Yes, I know, we'll Thank have you. to, you're welcome. Thank you for coming on, Stephanie. I was very happy when I realized this was episode 100. Um, that's a very big milestone, it, means I have talked about Good Charlotte on the internet for a hundred hours. Although really that's like, you know, downplaying it drastically, right? Um, This is a lot of fun. Um, Thank you again for coming on. Uh, So I do have a Generation GCN Friends Spotify playlist and I'm gonna put on this song and I would also love to know a recommendation from you. Just anything you're listening to lately that's not Good Charlotte.
1: Hmm. Um. Like a specific song? Yeah. I would say, "Light Salt and Vinegar."
0: Okay. I will add that. Thank you, Stephanie. Well, if anyone wants to um, keep up with you, what's your social media? Where can they find you?
1: Um, I'm on Twitter, Stephanie Doran three.
0: Amazing. Thank you again, Stephanie and listeners. Thank you so much for tuning into episode 100. And just a big thank you to everyone who has listened to this show, whether you've listened to every episode or a few here and there, or if this is your first time listening to Generation GC. Um, 100 episodes is a huge milestone. I had no idea what I would do with this show when I first came up with it. Um, had no idea how long it would last, uh, but it, it's... It's all just really exciting and it feels really good now. Once again, and as always, my name is Molly Huddleson. I've been your host, as well as the producer, creator, and editor of this podcast. Last time we talked about Riot Girl from The Young and the Hopeless. On our next episode, we'll be talking about a song from Good Morning Revival. You can follow Generation GC at Generation GC Pod, P O D, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also follow me, Molly, at M Huddleson, M H U D E L S O N, on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe or follow the show wherever you listen. Please rate, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It would be a lot. Most importantly, tell your friends. Spread the word. It's the best way to make the Generation JC fam bigger and better.